So go to 1 Peter chapter 3, and I, I, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do tonight, and I pray that every one of you go, I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. I, um, last week, I, I talked about what it meant to turn 70 and being older, and um, I thought I was pretty much done with that, and I am. But, but I want to do something tonight, and I want to do a sermon called The Good Life. And I, I want to take the Bible and prove to you from it, you can have a better life. And I, and I mean a, a lot better life than you've even imagined. And, but I want to show you how. I'm going to show you that you can. I'm going to show you how. And, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and I'm going to tell you where I'm going, and I'm, I'm going to tell you this little secret right now. Um, I'm going to jump way ahead of myself. How many of you have ever heard of the Blue Zones? Mel, you ever heard of the Blue Zones? Anybody heard of Blue Zones? Karen has. Okay. Um, this man, Nancy gave me this book for my birthday, The Secret of Living Longer. It's a book about the areas of the world where it's very common for people to grow to 100. And, I mean, it's like normal. And we're talking about when they hit 100, they're still active, healthy, vibrant, Working the land, riding horses, um, cooking, taking care of kids and family. And, I mean, and, and they, there's areas and pockets of the earth. So they went in and studied why this phenomenon is there. And you're going to find a lot of it in the Bible. You're going to find it in the Word of God. But I want to read a few things out of it tonight to whet your appetite that you can, you know, Jesus said, with long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. But we have a mindset in America, and Americans, the average lifespan of Americans are 77 years of age, and it's one of the lowest on the earth. Prosperity has not helped us with health. Thank you all. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about health I want to talk not about just being healed. I want to talk about being healthy. That's not the same. It's not the same thing. I mean, it sort of is. But in in our churches today, we place an emphasis on come forward to get hands laid on you and receive your healing. Well, let me tell you something. Not getting sick and not needing hands laid on you and living healthy trumps being healed. And even if you get hands laid on you, you still have to make adjustments. You can't keep doing what you were doing that got you where you were. You've, you've got to make the changes, and that's, where, that's what I want to talk about. So let's start. Um, let's create the healthiest church in, in, in Apopka. Let's, let's, let's create the healthiest seniors, and can you? Yeah, you can. Yes, you can. And so I want to go to 1 Peter chapter 3, and I want to start there, and, um, and, and I want you to get, just get excited by faith, okay? 1 Peter chapter 3, and I want to verse, start with verse 8. Finally, all of you be of one mind, have compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tenderhearted, be courteous, do not return evil for evil, reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing you were called to this, that you might be a blessing. He who would love life and see good days. Now, that's where I'm going right now. It, it, it is possible 
And, 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 and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote a scripture right here to you right now. John 10, 10, Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. Yeah. Satan came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So I, I want to make a statement here right off the bat. And, I, and, and I, I'm going to prove, I'm going to spend the next 10 minutes proving one thing to you. There's a concept that living for God is kind of like a side issue when it comes to health and healing and everything else. I mean, we kind of like, ah, it's church night, ah, whatever. And I'm going to show you something. The more of God you have, the more good you have. The more of God you don't have, the more of Satan you have. Are y'all listening? When people walk in and go, well, you know, my life is hell on earth. Well, stop for a minute and ask, would you like that to change? It's, there's more to it than coming up here and getting an altar and just praying a prayer and going, you know, I'd, I'd kind of like to have a better life. Well, th- it starts there. It begins there. But, but you know, if, if you're going to make a change, there are changes, he said, you need to make. And I want you to say this and know this. They're for the good. They're for the good. You do not get closer to God and your life gets worse. You get closer to God, your God, your life gets better. The more of the Bible you do, the better your life will be. Amen. I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. Satan came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And I, and, and I want you to understand, I'm going to quote another scripture right now to you. Hebrews eleven six. He that comes to God must believe he is. And he is a rewarder. Of those who diligently seek him. In other words, if you, you have to believe that living for God and obeying him. Now, I'm not talking about going to church. I'm not talking about, I believe in Jesus. Listen, the devil believes in Jesus. He's probably sitting in the seat next to you right now. Listen, he goes to church. He's a, he sings in the choir. I mean, he, he's on the board. I mean, he's, going to church is not what changes you. But, but obeying God, obeying God is faith. And obey, whatever he says. Now, you know, the more you go, oh, I don't think I like that scripture. I don't think I really like that. I need you to understand this, when you have a path in your yard that you walk on, and you walk on, and you walk on, eventually the grass dies. Nothing grows where you walk and walk and walk. All of the scriptures you said no to, you're hardening your heart, and the word does not work. And you come back and say, well, I want a better life. You're going to have to plow that ground up. You've got to plow it. And you've got to go back and go, well, nothing grows in this part of the garden because it's got weeds and it's got thorns and, it's, and, and I've walked on it and walked on it and walked on it. And you have to come back and read scriptures like, like what I just got through reading. Let me read it to you again because I just, just for emphasis, it says, it says, he who would love life and see good days. Now, we're gonna, it, it starts off with the tongue and it, starts, and it talks about all kind of other stuff. But we have to start off with the fact that, that you have to go. You have to say, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to tell you a story right now because a lot of times people will come to church and they improve like 10% or, or 15%. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, you can totally, totally, totally change in one hour. If you want to, and you want, you know, so I'm going to tell you a story. 
my friend Gray Bennett. Many of you heard about Gray. You knew about Gray. I know Melanie did. I know Betty did. I know other people, you know, uh, uh, Kenny and Cindy probably heard about Gray. Well, see, Gray, got, Gray went to the crusade the, the, the month after I did and got born again. Walked up and gave his heart to Jesus. And after that, he still smoked dope, drank beer, and, and just lived like hell. And, and they ended up arresting Gray and, uh, and put him in a halfway house. And I went up to see him and I bought him a Bible. And he's my friend, so I never abandoned him. And he got born again and, and, and filled with the Holy Ghost. But his life, his life didn't change. His life did not change. And, um, and, 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 and one, day, one day, the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to go to Gray's and go deer hunting. You, you, know, what I, you know what I heard? <laughs> Big deer. God had something completely. So I got up there and I shot a spike and I went, God, really? And, and, I, and I went down to the camp and I camped by Gray's Lake. Gray had a lake on his property. His, his dad dug it out and it was spring fed, crystal clear, bass in it and brim in it and catfish and it was just beautiful. He had, he had apple trees and pear trees on his property, just a paradise and deer, amen. So I'm, I'm down at the camp and I'm breaking down and Gray walks up and pulls up a stump. That's what I sat on. You know, we cut trees. That's how you make chairs. And he said, um, I had an encounter with God. And I went, oh, this is why I'm here. And he said, the other day in my house, God spoke to me audibly. See, he was 40. Gray was a type 1 diabetic. And he always believed when he turned 40, he would die. He lived in the fear that he would die. And the Lord said audibly, Gray, get your life right now. That's all he said. It scared the heebie-jeebies out of Gray. And, and, and he, said, he said, God, get Daryl up here. And I sat with Gray and I prayed with Gray. I think that's when he got filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm not sure. Not quite sure, don't quite remember. But anyway, then late, a little after that, because of grace change, Richard got born again, and found a lot of people, a lot of changes happened. But Gray got on fire for God. And, and at that time, Dwayne Sheriff had free cassettes. He ordered everything Dwayne ever put out. And he would sit in his, in his room and read his Bible and listen to Dwayne and just weep over the Word of God. Now, Gray's life changed. He lived 10 more years, and then at the age of 50, because of the diabetes, he just, once the days in the woods, just dropped over dead. You know, and I had just left. I had been up there, and, um, and, and it was sad. He never grabbed a hold of healing, but he was so on fire for God. Let me tell you something. You can decide any time you, you want to. Your circumstances are not what's keeping you back. You have to believe that living for God is the better way. And once you do, once you say, I believe that and I'm going on, there's not a devil in hell stop you. You understand that? Okay. All right. Now, so, so, so it has to be a, so what I'm talking about right here, a good life, is a lifestyle, not a magic wand. Go to James chapter one. Um, it's, it's not... A lot, it's not a magic wand. Now, what do I mean by that? Almost, I don't want to say everybody. I don't, I don't like saying almost everybody. And I, I, too many people walk into a church like this, and they want someone to pray all of your, please let me use a word, all of your stupid away. 
in one prayer. Well, you can be born again instantly and filled with the Holy Ghost and you can be healed. But, but, but there is no magic wand to fix your life. All there is is a choice you make and say, starting now, I'm having a better life. I'm going to have a better life. Now, now I, I want to read something to you about why I believe people don't Give their heart to Jesus quickly. Are you ready? Um, James 1, uh, 12. Blessed is the man that endures temptation. When he has been approved, he'll receive the crown of life the Lord promised those who love him. Let no one say when he was tempted, I am tempted by God. God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. The Amplified says, tempt, test, and try. Now, let, let, me, let me finish. Good Lord, I'm, I'm going to get way ahead of myself. Okay. Each one, um, each one is tempted when he's drawn away by your own desires and enticed. Your desire got you in the mess you're in. Not, God didn't do it, you did. And when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. Sin brings forth, is full grown, it brings forth death. Don't be deceived, my brethren. Every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father lights in whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Now listen to me. Every good, every good. Listen, now listen to me. I know what denominational Christians told you, but they lied. They lied. Every, and I'm going to get on my movie thing. I am sick of, at my stomach of a Christian making a movie where God kills someone and they spend the movie trying to prove he's a good God so they can get a sinner saved. That's why they're not coming to Jesus. Because you lied about it. Every good and every perfect. If it isn't good and it isn't perfect, it didn't come from God. Do you understand that? You, everything in this earth that is good and perfect came from God. And if it is not good and it's not perfect, it did not come from his hand at all. Amen. Now, buddy, that's got to be preached from the housetops. Amen. All right, I'm going to prove that to you. Are you, are you ready? If, if, let me, let me just pick somebody. If Kenny comes to me and says, Pastor Darrell, um, I'm stuck on the side of town over here and I just want to know if you can come and, 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 and bring me some gas and, and help me. And I go, Kenny, I, 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 I can, but, but no. Now listen to me. If God can heal you and he won't, he's a liar. That's, that's a strong indictment against a holy God. But if I said to Kenny, Kenny, God, I, I, I would, but I'm unable. That, I love him, and I, 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 but I, if God is able and he won't, he's unjust. He's a liar. And, 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 and we've got to quit preaching that. Stuff and expect people to want God. The reason you don't want God is that you don't want your life more screwed up than it already is. And there is nothing, nothing 
that he's ever going to do that's going to make your life worse than it is. It will only get better. It Healing is good. Jesus never left anybody sick. He never hit anybody in the head with a hammer. He didn't. Never mind. You almost want to just get angry, and I sort of am a little bit, but, but it's an excuse for the preacher to explain why he's too backslidden to pray for you. Well, all that was done away with when we got doctors. Well, honey, that's a terrible system compared to miracles. So in order to come to God, you have to believe he is a good God. And, 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 and listen, if Jesus is, in other words, all the Old Testament, you have pictures of God. What's God like? What's he like? What's he like? And then when Jesus came, we now can go, I saw him. And everything you see in Jesus is God. And if it ain't in him, it ain't God. And you can't make up stuff and say Jesus left people sick and left them there because he tried to teach them. That's not in your Bible anywhere. So we have people who don't want to draw near to God because they don't want their life messed up. I don't want to go to India and live in a mud hut. Well, who told you God was going to send you? You're not good enough to go to India. And if you did, he'd buy you a Taj Mahal if you lived over there. Tell me, I'm going to come over here and pray. Since when did we get the idea that God's going to make you poor? God's going to make you sick. God's going to destroy your home and your family and your marriage. You're doing a good enough job without his help. You're, doing, you're already doing that without, his, without him. Amen. We're screwing the world up. We're screwing the world up. No, God, God's not screwing it up. So people come along and say, well, if there's a good God, how come all this stuff, bad stuff happens? Because he's not running your life, you are. The more he's in your life, and it doesn't just get gooder, exceeding, abundant, above. I mean, go back and read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I mean, everybody Jesus healed was a heathen. I mean, if he would do that for a heathen, what would he do for his own children? How much, you you treat your kids better than you think God treats you. Amen. So, so you have to come back to, am I doing all right? I mean, I'm just getting all fired up and I didn't mean to get all excited. And I, I guess I am. I feel like every good, every perfect gift, let's go. Blessed is the man who endures temptation when he, he said, let no one say, I was tempted by God. The word tempted is tempted, tested, and tried. God doesn't tempt you, test you, or try you. He doesn't need to. Thank you. He's doing everything in his power to ha- for you to have a great life. When you screw up, he's the one coming behind you going, come home. Prodigal son, come home. I have a ring. I have food. I have money. I have a place. I have forgiveness. I have redemption. Get out of the pigsty. Come home. That's called redemption. That's the new birth. That's Christianity 101. Somebody help me out. I mean, my God, do y'all understand why the world doesn't want him? Is he such a meanie? Well, he isn't. You say, well, he didn't answer my prayer. Well, he would if you would do what he said. 
You can't just say, God, I want you as healer, but the rest of it just flat leave me alone. That don't work. When I married Lisa, I said, uh, I want all of you. I went to her mother and father, and I said, when I marry her, I'm taking her home. Never mind, never mind. Y'all, you think about that a while. All right. Now, are y'all okay? Okay. Now, go to Proverbs 4.20. I want to show you something before I dive into what if you have messed up. I want to talk to you about what if you messed up. Proverbs uh, 4.20. Because a lot of people come to me and say, I'm having this physical problem in my body, and I want to know what to do about it. Well, I'm going to show you real simple. It's real simple. You want simple? Can you get simple? Can anybody handle simple? Say, I want some simple. All right. My son, give attention to my words. The word of God is alive. The word of God is alive. Now, now, if you eat it, it is spirit food. Without you reading the Bible, without you reading it, and when I'm talking about reading the Bible, I'm going to get down down nitty gritty. I'm talking about like reading Ephesians 2 and reading the whole chapter, and when you read it on Monday, that's food, but you only fed your spirit one day. You can't say, yeah, I read that. It didn't work. I pushed the button, pulled the lever. It didn't work. Well, go home and take one swallow of olive oil and come back and tell me how you did in your health. (laughs) Eating right is going to take you a little bit of time to get your body off of junk food and onto good food. Is anybody out there and don't shout me down? Are y'all listening to me? Don't look at me and tell me you went to the gym, started eating right, and you got 10 pounds heavier. You didn't. Everybody knows that's not true. Come on, y'all, look at me. Now, when you decide that you're going to pick up a Bible and start reading it, I'm not talking about just starting in Genesis and just start reading it out of, you're just bored out of your mind. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about getting the, the epistles, get in the New Testament and read who you are and about your redemption and himself bore my sins, himself Jesus bore my sins, he bore my sins, he took them, he died for me and, 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 and the greater is he that's inside of me than he that's in the world. And when you read in your Bible, you are, that's faith food, you're feeding your spirit man and your spirit man's getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And then when your spirit man gets stronger, then your soul gets stronger. And after a while, your flesh goes, "Ah, ah, I guess we ought to just get well. But it doesn't happen in a week. You big, lazy crybaby, stop. Am I being too strong? No, No, Sam, not. Just tell me that one more time. Incline your ear to my saying, don't let them depart from your eyes. That means you got to read it every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. Sound like normal haze. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Their life to those that find them and help. Health, health, health to all your flesh. It'll heal your body if you'll leave your Bible open on the counter and read it and meditate on it and then read it some more and you say, how? I don't know. How do you put a seed in the ground and it pops up a plant? I don't know, but if you do it and you water it, it'll grow. I do know that. How? I don't know. How does the Bible work? I don't know, but it works. It works. It works. 
Work it. How did I get so excited, Lisa? I just got all excited. All right, now I, I haven't even gotten to my point number one yet. Go to First John one. All right, now, 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 what about people who go, yeah, but Pastor, I messed it up. <laughs> God's got a scripture for you. Don't you glad that God's got scriptures for people who do dumb stuff? Boy, y'all are livened up right there. Everybody in the room livened up. I mean, thank you, Jesus. All right. Are y'all <laughs> Verse 5, chapter 1 John 1, 5. This is the message we heard from Jesus and declare to you, God is light and there isn't any darkness in him. And if you're lying and you're a liar, if you say you have fellowship with God and you're still living like the devil, you're just a flat lying about it. All right. We're not practicing the truth, but if we're living in the light, God is in the light, and we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all what? Sin. Sickness is a byproduct of sin, you goofy thing. If you're tired of the sickness, get the sin out of your life. Just say, I'm tired of it. I'm not having this anymore. I'm not doing this anymore. And you say, well, you know, you know I'm just a redneck. You, well, let me tell you something. You can be a redneck and not cuss. You can be a redneck and not have a bad attitude. Well, I'm Italian. Well, you can be Italian and not have a bad attitude. You don't have to have a bad attitude because your mother's Italian. Quit making excuses for bad attitudes and repent. How did I get like this? I mean, you know, I don't know either. If we claim we have no sin and we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth, now here's the good one. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just forgive your sins and cleanse you from the wickedness. Oh, come on, y'all. That, dear God, thank you, Jesus, for First John 1 and 9. That means if you're, if you're sitting here right now and go, my life is screwed up. Hey, hey, good news. Go to God and say, I have screwed up my whole life, and I'm going to come to you right now, and I'm going to ask you to wash me in the blood of Jesus, and I want to start completely over, and I want a better life. Can, and he'll go, okay, and he'll take his blood and wash all of your sins, and they will be completely gone, and then you can start all over again today like you never did nothing wrong. Not only do you get forgiven of the sin, but all of the stupid you did and all of the ramifications for stupid stops. You just don't know what I did up until now. Well, just bring it to an end right now. Bam. <laughs> That's good preaching. It absolutely is. It, listen, and, 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 and <laughs> I got a lot of scriptures. I, I just got a lot of scriptures. Have y'all ever had the devil condemn you? Why, well, you're just sorry, you get for nothing thing, you'll never amount to a hill of beef. Well, that's what 1 John 1 9 is in the Bible for. Now, here's, my, here's another favorite scripture. Here's, my, here's another one of my favorite scriptures. If your brother sins against you, not seven times 70, but 490 times a day, that means God is obligated to forgive me 490 times. If you sin 490 times, you need to go home and go to bed. <laughs> Aren't you glad that's in the Bible? Because the devil comes along and says, yeah, well, you, you, you already repented of that last week. Well, I got 480 more times right now. 
I'm not saying that we're trying to push the envelope, but aren't you glad it's there? His mercies are new every morning. That's why sometimes you just need to go to bed. (laughs) I mean, I just have a good time tonight all by myself. All right. My dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you don't sin, but if you do, You've got an advocate who will plead your case before the Father, Jesus, the one who's righteous, and him the sacrifice and atonement for your sin. That's what he's sitting at the right hand of God for. That's that's why there's hope for everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Catherine. I needed that amen. That big love shirt. I love that love shirt. All right. Isaiah 43, 43, 25. Plop it on the screen. Let's pop it on the screen. I, even I, who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I'll not remember your sin. Say hallelujah. No expiration date on that scripture. (laughs) Has anybody other than me and Lisa ever used that scripture? Heavenly Father, I've come to you right now. I just want to read the Bible to you for a minute what you said. <laughs> All right. Number two, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. I'm going to go back. He who would love life and see good days, refrain your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers, and the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now, go, go with me now, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, and then we're going to go to Romans 1. Pop it on the screen. Oh, there's, it's got more to it than that. In everything, give what? All right. Number one is clean up your attitude. Clean it up. We live in the greatest nation in the world. We have some of the most unhappy people I've ever seen in my entire life that live in America and whine and cry, and, and I just don't know why. Now listen, listen. Jesus said, do not rejoice that the devils are subject to you, but you ought to right now, I don't care what position you're in, rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, and when you drop stone cold dead, you're going into the very presence of God. And you have eternal life in you. If you can't get happy about nothing, you listen. I don't care what's going on right now. You you ought to just listen. Listen here. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna tell you something. I think you need to start doing. You wake up in the morning when your eyes go. Say, thank you, Jesus, for the blood. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. That if God is for me, who could be against me? I thank you I slept last night in an air-conditioned house. I thank you that I had a bathroom to go to three times in the middle of the night. I thank you that I have water in my house. I thank you I have a shower. I thank you I got food in the refrigerator. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that I got a good church and the best pastor in the city. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that I am washed in the blood and I'm filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking tongues. I thank you I have a Bible that I can read. I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you that your goodness and your mercy follow me all the day of my life. Thank you that I'm getting up and go to a job that I have and I'm not unemployed. I want to thank you that I'm not in a hospital right now or in jail. I want to thank you, Heavenly Father. I just want to thank you. I just want to tell you I thank you. It's amazing how good your life gets when your attitude gets good. 
at the least be thankful. I thank you I have a bumper to pop you with. No, I'm teasing. Tanya, I want a job pulling people over who are on the phone. And I want royalties for every one of them. And I can make a lot of money. I want a camera. You're on the phone. Doing 35 out of 50 in the left lane. You're on the phone. And I am even thankful that I have another lane to go around you. Are you all out there? You go. I'm going to tell you something. I have made up my mind since the day I got born again. Every day that I've ever been, every day that I've opened my eyes, I thank God for Jesus, for the blood, for the word, for the people who taught me the Bible, for the goodness of God, the mercies that he showed me. I could, we could go for a long time just being thankful. You say, I don't know how to pray long. You can start right there and pray for half an hour. But I'm going to tell you, your whole life changes. When your attitude changes, quit griping about what you ain't got. If you're on unemployment, you're richer than what is it, 90% of the people on the earth. In Haiti, the wages are 20 a month. 20 a month. All over the earth right now, there's, the whole earth is in chaos. And we live in, we still... We live in the greatest country, and it's still great, as goofy as Washington is. I say America's great minus D.C. And we're going to fix that in Jesus' name. Amen. First Thessalonians, no, first Romans 1, 16. Romans 1, 16. The very first thing to having a good life, and when it, when it talks about keeping your tongue from evil and all that, I think right off the bat is just having a very, just a strong, thankful attitude. Now, Romans 1, 1 16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, the Jew first and the Greek. For in it is the righteousness God revealed from faith to faith is the, the just live by faith. The wrath of God who's revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth. They know the truth. They know the truth. In unrighteousness, because what may be known to God is manifest in them for God showed it to them. They know right from wrong. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. You can't look out there and say, I don't believe in God, you goofy thing. After being understood, the things that are made are eternal power in Godhead were without excuse. Although, because although they knew God, they didn't glorify him as God and neither were they thankful. What is the world's problem? They're not thankful. You know, we have a whole generation right now who thinks the world owes them a living. Oh, you don't want me to talk to you, darling. And the world don't owe you nothing. And you ought to be thankful. I told my kids one time, I said, I brought you in the world, I take you out, and you need to thank God you're alive. That went over real big. I don't owe you food. I don't owe you a bed. I don't owe you nothing. I don't have no ungrateful kid in my house. I don't have no ungrateful nothing in my house. In this church either. I've asked a few people to leave. 
Oh, you bet I have. Come in here griping. I don't owe you a church, you goofy thing. I don't owe you a sermon. I don't owe you nothing. Get in here and sit down and shut up and help us with people. I mean, even Jesus washed feet. Lisa, you got to take this away from me. I think I'm getting worse. Okay, okay. Number two, the next one, the next one, go to Matthew 4.10. The next one, how am I doing for time? Oh, I'm doing wonderful for time. I think. What time do we get out of here? Oh, my God. I'm almost finished with my whole sermon. I'm being serious. Matthew 4.10. I'll just pop it on the screen. Jesus said, away with you, Satan. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Number two, well, actually, this is number three, is that if you want a good life, you need to worship God. Go to Ephesians chapter two. Go to Ephesians two. Let me show you something. After you get thankful, you you need to learn to sing. Some of you need lessons, but listen, we're not going to talk about that right now. Angela, I wasn't specifically talking to you. Or Diane. I've had people in this church, I've had to move over because they're so far off a key. I can't even. That's why Lisa won't let me sing. She's like, he's totally off key, singing the wrong thing. Turn him off, you know. But I told God one time, I said, I think they wrote the song wrong. And I wrote it right. Listen to Ephesians. Two, um, four, God, rich in mercy, with his great love that he loved you when you were dead in sin. Honey, you didn't do nothing to get where you are. Now, I'm going to say this to you, and I understand Sunday morning people come in, they, they don't know the Lord, and the but if I look up and see you stand and stare at the ceiling, I'm going to come back there and help you worship. <laughs> you can get over yourself. And when people are looking at me, close your eyes. And they'll quit looking at you. That's what Ashley used to do. You can't see me. Absolutely, Ashley, I can't see you. Okay. None of y'all's kids ever did that, did they? All right. Who rich in mercy because his great love where he loved us. When you were dead in trespasses, he made you alive together with Christ. By unmerited favor and grace, you have been saved. I'm going to give you the key to healing. You want to know what it is? Himself took your sin. I'm trying to get healed. Stop. You can't do it. All you can do is believe what he did and rejoice in what he did because faith is the victory. If you're in faith, you're happy. When you're walking around with your lip out and you say, I'm in faith, you're not. Okay. And raised you up together and made you sit together in heavenly places in Christ 
that at the ages to come, forever and ever and ever and ever, he's going to keep showing you exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness for you forever and forever and forever and forever, and you didn't do a thing. For by grace you were saved, delivered, healed, and filled with the Spirit through faith in Jesus, not of yourself, not of yourself. Everything you have, everything you ever will have, every prayer that ever got answered, and every prayer that's going to be answered is because God is good, and you need to learn to just stop and go. When you don't know what to do, go, Heavenly Father, I think I'm just going to sit here, and I don't even need any music, and I'm just going to give you glory and just worship you. You're a good God. You're a good God. You're a good God. You've been good to me. You've been good to me. You are so good to me. God, you're good to me. And don't wait on us to, to make sure the band is perfect for you to sing. If the band drops the ball, you ought to override them. They ought to be able to hear you all the way down on, on Colonial. Well, maybe just 441. I don't want you to. I'm going to tell you a story about Dr. Cho I read in his book. In his town uh, in, in Seoul, Korea, he is an Assembly of God uh, pastor of a church, Assembly of God. Well, the assemblies called him in the office one day and called him on the carpet because his church was too noisy. And they took his license away because the people shouted too loud, ran too much, and were too happy for the other Assembly of God churches in town. And this is a true story. They pulled his license. There, and so the, the man came through town, and, and I don't know who it was. He put his name, and he, and he got Dr. Cho his license back. But he was kicked out of the AG for being too happy. I have had people who thought I was a little too to a lot of stuff. Are y'all out there? You go home. Well, about 10 years after that, he said, at that time, we had 200 churches in our district. And then I became the head of that organization. And then we had 2,000. And I now can decide how loud churches can be. You might want to just not tick me off. I might be the guy that decides how loud churches in Apopka are allowed to be before long. You just never know. Yeah, I'm just sweating like crazy. I mean, I'm just having a good time up here. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? I think sometimes, uh, and I hear this a lot, um, People pray and they pray and they pray and they pray. Well, after you've prayed a while, has it ever dawned on you that maybe God heard you? You might want to go, I think by now you've heard what I had to say about all this. I've been praying like a month. Maybe I should get happy. Paul and Silas, it said they prayed and 
sang praises. And they were making this too hard. Did God, did, did God lie? He don't lie. Did he tell the truth? He tells the truth. If he told the truth, you really don't have a bad day. You don't have any reason to be having a bad day. Now, I'm going to give you another scripture. Cast all your cares on the Lord. Now, and I understand that to many people, you don't know why I'm going through. Well, we know you can't fix it, knucklehead. Because if you could have, you would have. And because you ain't, you can't. So why don't you just get real humble and just go, God, I'd like to give you a problem. And so I'm going to pretend, I'm going to act like you heard me, and I'm just going to get happy and act like you got it. When you see me happy, it's not that all is well. I might be going through hell, but I'm just happy. Because I don't have any problems. I already gave them all to God. Pastor, I need prayer. No, you need to repent. <laughs> Honey, I think I'm pretty much done. I mean, it's like 8 o'clock. And... Tanya, you're filled with the Holy Ghost, or you just think this is funny that I quit so soon? That looks pretty good. So I want to I go back. I didn't read out of my Blue Zone book. By the way, let me introduce you to another book. How to Live and Not Die by Norval Hayes. My God, you need this book. If the doctor gave you a bad report, you need to eat this book. And he starts off by going, you don't have the right to nothing if you don't worship God. If you're not going to worship God, don't even, don't, don't even come talking to me about healing. Because you ain't getting nothing from God. You don't worship God. Okay, that's normal. I didn't write it. I didn't say it. Don't blame me. Now, one of the things that they said in this book, and I'm going to see if I can find it. I, I thought I had it marked. Oh, my goodness. I know I got it marked in yellow, so y'all wait a minute. One, all, all of the people here that make it to 100, they all have certain things that they do. And, and one, one of them is community. They all seem to be very close to other people. They all walk a lot and get exercise. And all the old people said, you didn't have to bring that up again, did you? You did that Sunday morning to us. Um, and, and they all, there's one group of people that have bread every day and they're skinny and live to be 100. So I know that works. And they eat carbs. All right, here's, a, here's an elderly lady. She's 106. It says, what is the secret to long life? She said, don't be jealous and don't be envious. Get rid of all of your jealousy and all of your envy. Okay, here it is. 
after, after they put all the elements together, they said there's one more factor to consider, and it might be the most important. It's your attitude. The people who live over 100 are optimistic, curious, conscientious, even to the point of being bossy, and it's very rare to find a sad centurion. That's powerful. And almost every one of them go to church every Sunday. They said, take time, slow down, relax, spend time worshiping God. Don't get in a big hurry. And, and there's, this, the book is fabulous. It's got all kind of stuff. Um, um, shepherds live longer than anybody on the earth. Because of the terrain, they're walking up and down all the time. And they're keeping their body fit. But, but, but a lot of it has to do with having a good, good simple diet. They make their own food. I kind of think it would be fun. And I, I'm, I'm going to employ M- Melanie Hayward right now if I can get her to do it. I'm not one of these people who believe that diet alone fixes it. And I say that because we have people in this church who worked on diet alone and they died early. That's not going to work. Himself bore your sins. One of the biggest issues that you're going to deal with with sickness, your biggest issue with faith will be sin consciousness. And until you conquer it, you'll never walk by faith and you'll never walk in health. But the only way to conquer it is with the Word. Is meditating on what Jesus did for you on a daily basis. And, and people who do that, they live long. People who are happy. People who are not bitter. People who love their family. And, they, and, and, and some of the book I read where, where, where the kids come, they never put their parents in old folks' homes. Never. Never. And they, and they let their parents work with the family and always give them work to do and all give, and give them something around the house to do. And it says that they found out that when people, they did a study on people retire. And at, the, at 65, they found a bunch of people retired. And within three years, most of them were dead. Because you quit. You have no reason to live. And it's a fantastic study, isn't it? It's fun. How many of y'all agree with me that it's possible for all of us in this room to have a better life. Isn't it, isn't it very possible? It is. And, and it, it's going to take you making up your mind and go, I'm going to have a better life. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I get my scriptures out in the morning and I read them. I'm not trying to make them work. I'm not trying to make them heal my body. I let the Bible do its own work. I let the Bible do its work. And I'm reading it, I feed my spirit, and then I thank God, and I pray in the Holy Ghost, and then I get up, and I have my bread I make, which is healthy, and coffee, which everybody calls is a mortal sin, but until I get over that one. But anyway, um, but, but you know, um, I still work on, on what I eat. I also found, Nancy gave me a recipe book, and I'm going to learn to make healthy minestrone soup. Another thing they said in the book is that all people who live over 100 eat beans. It just seems to be one of the staples that keeps people living a long time. Isn't that kind of crazy? We sit back and go, well, that's... And we're not talking about the stuff in a can. 
No amount of stuff you have to go and you have to put in water and soak it overnight. So I'm kind of reading all this stuff going, okay, I'm fixing to stay in the kitchen a little bit more. But when you get my age, you start looking for, for corners to go, yeah, I think I'm going to live a little longer. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So let me ask you this. How many of y'all are like, like I, I, want, I actually want a better life? So I want you to do something. I want you to go back to First Peter. Don't not right now. First Peter chapter three. He who would love life, and I want you to meditate on what he said, because that's a formula for a better life. If if you have sin, fret not. It causes harm. Stress. It's harmful. Being hard to get along with. Harmful. Not walking in love. It's harmful. It's very harmful to your body. Your body wasn't designed for that. It wasn't designed to be out of God. Love made your body. You get out of love, your body responds. Your body, you know, I think I read in that book by Dr. Cho, and I don't know if I read it yet, but I want to, where they cursed the water, and then they blessed the water. And the water they cursed, when they went in, all the molecules, when they froze it, were all disorganized. But when they blessed the water, and we're talking about a Japanese study, not Christian, just talking to a glass of water and blessed it. And all the crystals formed and became beautiful. Your body's mostly water. What do you think's happening when you're running your mouth and being ugly? You're screwing your health up. I just cut off five years. Okay, maybe not five years. Listen, some of y'all are like, ah, five years, I'm dead now. Okay. But I'm going to tell you what, I've actually, started to, I've, actually, I've actually started taking a lot of what I'm telling you right now to heart. And you could ask Lisa, I'm a lot. Even Josh Morgan said one time, he says, Dad's getting a lot easier to get along with. I said, yeah, you know, get tired of being sick. You get sick and tired of being sick and tired, you you start changing some stuff, amen? Anybody ready to change with me? Anybody ready to change? See, so I want some of you older people, I say old people, to get a lot more vivacious than you are. Live long. Enjoy your life. If you're in here tonight and you're not living right, why don't you make a change? Why don't you quit playing the game? Ah, you know, now I've always done. Start up. You can change. If God made you righteous, washed you in the blood, start tonight. Now, you say, I'm a Christian. How many other than me have ever just started over? Kenny, you ever started over? You went, I think I'm fixing to start all over again. I just got to start all over right now. <laughs> Zach did. He's doing pretty good. Is this helpful? Is this good? Well, I'm done. I still got 10 minutes, but I'm done. And Megan's not going to have any idea what to do if I turn y'all loose. <laughs> Melanie, how's this? Bear witness with your spirit? Yeah. I got a you do? Well, get the mic. Lisa's been nursing me. She's been taking care of me. The other day when my foot swelled up, she came in there and said, we're going to get rid of this mess. Right. And we did. I have my shoes on. He's got his shoes on. He had them on for his birthday, too. Praise the Lord. James chapter 1, 
Verse 2, my brethren and cistern, <laughs> count it all joy. I read another translation that said, count it maximum joy. Count it all joy. Count it, another translation said, count it great joy. What, when? When do you count it joy? When you fall into various trials. That's not normally when we're counting it joy. We're not feeling good about those trials. I like to feel good. We all like to feel good. We want to feel good. Bodies, minds, whatever. But it says, my brethren, count it maximum joy. All joy. Get happy when you fall into various trials, knowing this, that the testing of your faith produces patience. You need to say, hallelujah, my faith is being tested and it's producing patience in me. And just start praising God. Hallelujah. I may not feel well right now, but say, hallelujah. When you start giving glory to God, all the molecules in your body start lining up and you just start feeling better. Count it all joy when you feel like crap, when you fall into various trials and temptations. But it says, let patience, the next verse four, let patience, let it. Don't grumble. Don't complain. I hate the way I feel. I hate the way this, I, I hate it too. <laughs> but let patience have its perfect work, work that you may be perfect, perfect. Complete, and complete, and lacking lack nothing. nothing. Lacking nothing. Lacking nothing. You need to start saying during those times, I am going to let patience have its perfect work. First of all, I'm going to count it maximum joy. I'm going to count it all joy. I'm going to give glory to God. And I'm going to let patience have her perfect work or his perfect work, its perfect work, that I may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. That's the goal. So when you're going through a hard time, you walk through your house and say, I count it all joy. I count it all joy. I count it all joy. I'm going to let patience have its perfect work so I can be complete, perfect, and lacking nothing. That's what God wants. Amen. So sometimes it's get yourself some scriptures and quote them when you get up in the morning and you're heading down the road. If God is for me, get some good. God loves me with the same love he loves Jesus. He has made me as righteous as he did Jesus. He gave me his righteousness as a gift, and God views me as righteous. Your, 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 your soul needs to hear you say that. You need to hear yourself. Let that word penetrate your every day of your life and put it in your mouth. It'll begin to change the way you think. It'll begin to change you. you you'll be less irritable. You'll be a lot easier to get along with. The things that used to bother you won't anymore. And if they do, just go back and get your scriptures out and quote them to yourself again and pray in the Spirit and worship God and thank God for His goodness and allow the Word of God to begin to change you. And I'm going to tell you this. He said, you're, just like a garden, your spirit, you'll just begin to grow in the Lord. You just, the goodness of God will just begin to overtake you. Goodness and mercy 
Follow me. Follow me. Every day. All the days Every of my day. life. Every day. Goodness and mercy. It's a powerful thing to say that in the morning. Just say that out loud. Put Acts 3.16. And I'm telling you, even days when you, you don't feel like it. Put the word in your mouth. Let the word of God do the work. Acts 3.16. You are going to use up all this time right down to the moment. You're I know. I mean, you know, I'm helping you out there, brother. And his name, his name, Jesus' name. In faith. Through faith. In his name. In his name. Made this what is, man strong. What Faith in what Jesus did. Faith in what Jesus did. And his name through faith in his name has faith. made you strong. And given Has made you this man strong. And perfect soundness. Whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through Jesus, through him, has given him this perfect soundness say, in the I presence you of say, you I all. I want you to say this. God, God wants, me wants me to have a better life. To have a better life. And so I will. And so I will. Amen. Say, through faith in the name, he has given me perfect soundness. In the presence of you all, say through faith in Jesus' name, he has made me strong. Amen. God bless you. Have a good night. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.